0: live from detroit it's the lowdown on motown sports podcast with your hosts dane williams junko Bodie, and bob Danielli. if you're looking for the best present to take to your mother-in-law's birthday party you're in the wrong place dude we talk michigan sports here it's real it's raw and there are no punches pulled what happens when you put a gambler a rocket scientist and a radio jock in the same room well we're all about to find out and it probably won't be pretty But whatever happens, it will be lively. So grab a brew, sit yourself in your favorite rocker, and take notes. If you're some kind of nutcase, the boys are back in town and talking about the stuff that matters. Motown Sports. So let's get to it, people. Here's the host of today's show, Boogie Bob Danielli.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the 16th edition now of the Lowdown on Motown Sports podcast. I'm joined on today's podcast by Blue Dane Williams. Say hi. Hello, JB. And Sport Hitter CEO Tom Mitchell. How you doing, Tom?
2: Good, John. Cole. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm great, brother. Okay. So, yeah. hey, wow. It's been two weeks since we've been on the air, and a lot has happened. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been paying any attention. Uh, obviously, we talk a lot about Michigan football on here, but the transfer portal and the transfer for Michigan the last few days have That's come crazy. in. Hot and heavy, and I guess they got yeah. two, two more today, right? Yeah,
3: got a quarterback, Tuttle.
1: Yeah, they brought in Jack Tuttle to take Alan Bowman's spot, I guess, as the as the third string, and then they brought in A.J. Barner, which is the second tight end that they really kind of brought on through the portal. And, God, again, they picked up Miles Hinton, the five-star lineman from Stanford, and they yeah. got the Remington runner-up. To replace their Remington Award-winning center in Nugent. Wow. I mean, just a, what a wild couple of days. It's been great. It really has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Tuttle?
2: You you just mentioned Tuttle. The name sounds familiar. Where is he from?
1: I think he was a quarterback at Wisconsin for a while. Then he was in Indiana. He was he started five games at in Indiana. I don't know whether he was injured or he lost his starting status to Basilac. And then now he'll be coming to Michigan to try to I guess it's more like developmental he wants to develop a little bit more man Michigan needs a backup for JJ so I think it was kind of a an agreement to have him come in and and uh kind of work under Weiss and Harbaugh so yeah an
3: experienced backup yeah it was just yeah Indiana I think it was somewhere before that though, wasn't it, it was just yeah I,
1: I seem to remember I thought I thought it was I thought it was Wisconsin but maybe I'm wrong
3: what
2: year is your starter?
1: So J.J.'s got two years of eligibility left after yeah, this guys. year. Yeah. So, but they don't, everybody kind of thinks that he'll probably have next year and then make decisions from there. So it would be interesting to see. But we're going to talk about Michigan in a minute. First, let's go bowling. Hey, Dane. So last week we had all those picks that we made for the early bowl games.
3: Was I number one again? I don't think you were number <laughs> one again. Come on. Uh, I tell you, we all bombed in that Cincinnati game because we all took Cincinnati. Oh. <laughs> and, oh. and they got clobbered by Louisville. So <laughs> we, we, uh, we all bombed on that one. SMU, BYU. Uh, Bob took SMU in the points. Like, well, SMU was uh, minus 1.5, right? Yeah. So, uh, BYU actually beat them outright.
1: And who had BYU?
3: You and I had BYU.
1: Yes, we did.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was 1.5. Uh, SMU was minus 1.5, right? Yeah. So it was 24-23. <laughs> I, oh, that's brutal. Yeah, okay. It's brutal. So, so Bob actually won that one. Oregon um, minus five to Florida, and Oregon just killed Florida. We all took Oregon on that one. So Yeah,
1: that was easy win. <clears throat> Even Tom
3: would have had that one. I'm sorry, BYU was plus 1.5, right? So, yeah, BYU won. It. Sorry. I can't add. I have <laughs> trouble with that stuff anymore since I'm so close to retirement. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, and then uh, the final is uh, playing on right now San Jose State and
1: EMU. Did you look at that score? I saw EMU was ticking their butt. That's all I know. Yeah, uh,
3: they were down. Yeah, like they're playing. 13 nothing, and now it's 33 13 or something like that. So last time, 33
2: 20 going into the fourth. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. 33 so 20.
1: And, and who had Eastern Michigan, just for the record?
3: We all took Eastern
1: Michigan. Oh, we did. Okay. Oh, yes, darn we it. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: When it comes to Eastern, Western, and Central, which way do you go?
1: Well, right now, between those three teams, I probably would take Eastern. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right.
2: Is that more of a Homer team for you, or or is there any of those three that would be a Homer team for you?
1: Well, Dane's a Western, Western. guy. Yeah, yeah he Western. went to Western. Western. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, your daughter, uh, Eastern, right? My daughter went to Eastern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Dane. Who would know that they would have <laughs> nuclear biology or whatever it was that you studied at Western Michigan? I mean, who would think that?
3: Well, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was michigan that had it <laughs>
1: oh all right so it's when you did your postgraduate work yeah exactly
3: that. exactly yeah. all right cool yeah all western right. just had science degrees which uh i barely made it through western well,
1: i visited you there a couple times i, I can't say i'm yeah. surprised so there you go yeah it wasn't it wasn't
3: stellar but i made it right yeah
1: so, a away brother Hey, okay. So anyway, let's talk about the upcoming bowl games. I know we're going to cover the Michigan game in detail, but let's, let's, let's go over a couple of these bowl games that are coming up here and let's get some picks for this one too. And Tom, you get to be Bob in this segment. So you're, whatever you pick, we're going to add to Bob's total. And we're going to tell Bob (laughs) that his total is what it is. Now you might be able to help him because he's typically not very good at this. And I can say that because he's not on the air with us today. But, um, (laughs) yeah, so you you get to be Bob in this segment. Okay, so first game, Missouri versus Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a one-point favorite in the Union Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. What do you got
3: there, Dane? I don't know, but typically if Bob was with us, there would be some sort of trivia with this. I'm I'm missing the trivia. I'm sorry. Well, you're going to miss it the whole segment. Well, Tom, no trivia here. What's going on?
2: Wake Forest and Missouri. Uh, the, so the trivia with all the bowl games is who's playing, and who's not playing. Right. Yeah. I guess I would go with the ACC just because I'm in Tallahassee and I would stay with the ACC side of things. And so I would take uh, Wake Forest.
1: Yeah. What do you got, Dane?
3: I'm going with Missouri.
1: Yeah. I am also taking Missouri there. Five and two is underdogs and Wake Forest is only won two of its last six against the spread. It's an SEC team versus the ACC. Yeah, I'm all over Missouri in this one.
2: Is this one of those five-unit plays for you?
1: <laughs> it's probably a three-unit play. Yeah. Missouri should have beat Georgia, I mean, earlier in the year. So um, I'll give them credit for <clears> that, <throat> that as well. So we got two Missouris and one Wake Forest there. All right, so let's go on to the next one. Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State in the guaranteed rate ball. The uh, Wisconsin Badgers are a three-point favorite. What do you got, Dane?
3: I got to stick with the Big Ten. I'm going with Wisconsin,
1: minus the three. Yep. Okay. How about you, Tom? How do you feel about this one?
2: I would take Oklahoma State. I think Wisconsin lost their head coach. I think Leonard left because they went out and they didn't promote him and really let him have the head coaching job, right? And so I think right. they lost him. I, I like Oklahoma State in this.
1: Yeah, I agree with Tom on this one. I like Oklahoma State too. Wisconsin is going to be short their quarterback in Graham Mertz as well. And it wasn't like he was a world beater to begin with. If he was their starter, I shudder to think of their second stringer. So I'm going yeah. with the Oklahoma State here as well. Next game is Kansas versus Arkansas in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Arkansas is minus three in this game. What do you got, Tom?
2: Arkansas. I like Jefferson to have a big game. Finish out. I think he's. I think this is his last game. I think he'll have a big game
3: for him.
1: Yeah. How about you, Dane? What do you see happening in this game?
3: Beginning of season, they look really, really good. Kind of fall apart there a little bit. But I'm going with Arkansas. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, I think Arkansas is going to run the ball over Kansas too. I I like KJ Jefferson. I like Raheem Sanders in this game. I see this being like 31-17, which is easily over the minus three. So, uh, Dane, give me Arkansas in this game. You got it. All right. Okay, next game is Oregon minus 14 versus North Carolina in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Now, that's a mouthful.
2: Is this a typo? No. Are
3: they really 14-point favor?
1: It's hard to believe, but that is the line. Yeah. North Carolina didn't Listen, have a
3: great record this year, even though they were you know, the, battling they, the C there.
2: Their quarterback really played well this year. May came a lot, He was a freshman. He started playing really good football. I just think that's a heck of a big line. I would take North Carolina in the points.
3: Okay. How about you, Dane? I agree. I'm taking North Carolina
1: in the points. Well, I'm going against you both. I think Oregon's going to win this game big. This kind of reminds me of when Michigan went down to Michigan State all those years ago and Rich Rodriguez took that fluffy, team down to play the really tough and savvy team in Mississippi State and just got his ass whooped. I kind of see that happening here. I see Oregon winning well, by three touchdowns or better. I got Oregon or 34 either, 14. Their,
2: either their offensive coordinator or their defensive coordinator is now in Phoenix. He's he's coaching up ASU. I mean, he, he got hired as the head coach at ASU, I, th- I think. Uh, so they lost that, and I think that one of their linebackers said he's not going to play their best outside linebacker. Yeah,
1: they got they got – Two guys opted out of the game, but Nix is still playing. So I see this as a freaking slaughter. Is this another five-unit play? Well, I wouldn't say five units, but we, <laughs> we might go three or four. Year. See, I don't do that unit thing. I try just to win every with game. You. I don't, you know, not every unit is a five-unit game. What are
3: you doing betting <laughs> on it, right? All right, yeah. I figured Oregon would still be reeling from losing that star quarterback.
2: Listen, they lost their I think Dillingham is either their offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, and he's, you know, he left. I would be surprised if they had everybody if the line was 14. But without that, without 14, I, I think this is just the opposite. Looking at that line might be one of the gifts in the, all of the Bulls that you well, might want to. Th-
1: I'm putting an asterisk next to this game, Tom, and I'm going to call you later. So, oh, we, yeah, yeah.
3: you can a little note there, aren't
1: you? So, we could do a little side <laughs> wager on that one because I think Oregon's <laughs> going to win that game big. And you, you think they can uh, Yeah, Carolina I, think North Carolina,
2: yeah I think that's okay. a pretty, uh, I think that's a gift, 14 points. All
1: right. There we go. I like that one. Okay. That'll be a good game for us to discuss offline later. Next game Syracuse versus Minnesota. Minnesota is an eight point favorite in the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. What do you got, Dane? Say where the hell is that one
3: played? Anyway, I, I'm going to stick with the Big Ten. I'm going Minnesota, baby.
1: Minnesota to win minus the eight for Dane. Yep. Okay, and Tom, what do you got?
3: Since you're the Big Ten guy, is
2: do you know if Ibrahim's uh, supposed to play in this game?
1: He's supposed is, to play. Yes. Supposed to uh,
2: play? Yeah, the Minnesota. Yeah, that's. I think that's a pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good I, win for Minnesota.
1: I like Minnesota to win the game, but I like Sarek used to cover the eight. So if we're taking this game based on the, the point spread, uh-huh. I'm taking Syracuse. Okay. I'm probably wrong on this one, but yeah, this, this is a good differentiation game for me. Okay, next game. Maryland is a one-point favorite over NC State in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Dane, you like mayo. Don't you like mayo? I love
3: mayo. Yeah, I, just, I thought you liked uh, mayo. Yeah.
1: Who do you like in the Mayo Bowl? <laughs> I'm going to stick with the Big Ten here, baby. Maryland. All right. Now, why do you like Maryland in this game? Just out of curiosity.
3: You know, Maryland puts up a lot of points. I, actually, I think they could have a much better season than what they did. They just fell short in a few games. I, I think they still have a pretty explosive offense, so uh, that's why I'm going with them.
1: Yeah. Okay. Tom, who do you got? I like
2: NC State's defense. I think they're going to be tough in this game. I I, I would take NC state just because of their, uh, their defense. I think they'll be able to win the game in a lower scoring game.
1: Yeah. So I went back and forth on this game. This is one of the more even games. I think the point spread really reflects that. I thought this was one of the best bowl matchups I saw Tua was hurt a lot of the year and you could tell it showed in his play, but he kind of got healthy right near the end there. And he had a 37 to nothing win in his last game against Rutgers. Now again, that's Rutgers. So, Nothing to get too excited about. But he looks like he's rested and probably will be restored. Uh, Maryland's got their whole team playing in this game. For that reason, for those reasons, I'm going with Maryland. All right. Yeah.
3: KBU Maryland. Got it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next game's going to be a really good one. Uh, Tennessee versus Clemson in the Capital One Orange Bowl. And unbelievably, well, maybe not that unbelievable because – Tennessee star quarterbacks out of the game, but Clemson's a six and a half point favorite. Now, Tom, I know you've got an opinion on this bowl.
2: Yeah. So this is the game I'm looking forward to. This is one of my top three games in the bowls all year long. I've been saying they should have played club As you know, we went to the kickoff in Atlanta this year. I talked to a lot of Clemson fans that wanted club in there from the beginning. And had he been in there in the beginning, I think this team would have fared much better. I think he's going to put up some points. And, uh, I, yeah, I think Clemson is going to cover this line. I think they're going to go in there, and I, I think they're going to play with a purpose, and I think Clubnick's going to have an incredible game. And I think that Tennessee not having their quarterback, not only are they not having their quarterback, I, I think the wide receiver might not be playing. Tennessee's number one wide receiver.
1: I think they got two um, wide receivers out in this game. So. Yeah,
2: and I like that kid Klubnick. I, I, think, I think they made a big mistake, by not playing him all year.
1: Yeah. Okay, so you're taking Clemson minus a yep. six and a half. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Dane?
3: Yeah. I mean, based on all that, I mean, who's starting, who's starting a quarterback for Tennessee? It can't be Milton, is it? It is. It's Joe it Milton. It is. It is. Uh, then i have definitely taken Clemson.
1: How <laughs> did <laughs> I know Blue Dane was going to say that? Oh Lord, have mercy. Oh yeah. So I hear you. I'm with you, Dane. I think Joe Milton's a fraud and, and here's the thing that we saw about Joe Milton when he played quarterback at Michigan is that, he stares at the rush, right? When he's got time to throw, he's got world-class arm talent. He's a world-class athlete, but when the rush is in his face, he panics and he'll either take a sack or he'll throw the ball up. And usually he's good for a couple turnovers a game. I don't think Clemson's that good a football team, but Tennessee without Hooker and with Joe Milton at quarterback, I don't know where to go on this game. I mean, I guess if I have to pick between those two scenarios, I'm taking Clemson. I like Clemson to win the game. I just don't know if they're going to cover the six and a half, but I'm going to take them with Tom minus the six and a half here.
0: They
2: actually have a really good defense again this year, above average. It's not Georgia's defense, but they have an above average defense. Their quarterback cost them a lot this year. But this kid, Klubnik, when he's gone in the games for them, has been really good. And, and uh, they just didn't play him because he was a freshman. But uh, I I think you're going to see he was the high school player of the year uh, coming out of Texas. Oh, I saw a club
1: play and you can tell the kid's got talent. There's no doubt about it. He can stand back there and he can throw if they can protect him. The question is, will they be able to protect him from Tennessee's defense? And I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah. So uh, that's the capital one Orange Bowl on New Year's Day. Okay, so uh, next game, Alabama minus six and a half against Kansas State in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Alabama is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, Dane. What do you like there?
3: I tell you what, this, this is going to be a good game, too. I mean, Kansas State, you know, beating TCU. So, uh, you know, pulling it out, uh, winning by three there. So, But Alabama, I you know, I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm going to go with Kansas State and take the points. Kansas State minus
1: a six-and-a-half for Dane. I can see that. Can you see that, Tom?
2: So this, to me, is a home game for Alabama, even though they're playing, they're playing this thing, I think, in Atlanta. Uh, it's going to be basically a home game for Alabama. They all travel well.
1: But don't SEC only play in home games? I thought they only played bowl games in home games.
2: <laughs> so this, to me, like I think, like he just said, is uh, to me, it's the hardest game on the whole board. I'm a big believer in Kansas State's running back, but I still think Alabama... I think Alabama should actually be playing in the playoffs. I'm going to take Alabama minus the six and a half.
1: So I look at this game and I look at two prolific offenses. I think they both are high powered and they're both going to score a lot of points. If I had to pick anything here, it'd probably be the over, but you know, Alabama has not, her defense hasn't shown up in big games this year. Kansas state gives up a lot of points too, but they've got a really dynamic offense they're Both teams success is predicated on outscoring their opponents. So I don't know. I don't think the six and a half matters much. I think one team will probably win this by a couple touchdowns in that scenario. Yeah. I'm going to go with the sec team. I'm going to go with Alabama at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: I think there's another typo in here. Cause this says that Iowa is favored. Is this a typo?
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to have something to say
2: about that.
1: Yes. <laughs> Iowa's a two and a half point favorite over Kentucky in the trans perfect music city bowl.
2: Is there a transfer quarterback playing? Who's playing <laughs> Fry? It was Who's the quarterback?
3: It can't Tom, be Tetris. I, I think they took their advice and they went down to the street corner and picked up eight other guys, and now they're playing pretty well. Well, they got
1: Cade McNamara on their roster now, so I guess they feel like you know they're uplifted. So um, <laughs> Iowa minus two and a half, Tom. If you're talking about a gift, I think this is that gift you were talking about earlier.
2: So obviously I would take Kentucky. I would take, I I like their core. I actually, a lot of people like Kentucky's quarterback, but I'll go back to what I said at the very beginning of the season. Iowa has a good defense. The problem is their offense is so bad that it puts their defense in really bad spots, but Kentucky has a really good defense. This literally could be a rematch of the first game of the season where it was like seven to three. This could (laughs) be one of the lowest scoring bowl games of the year. And I would take Kentucky getting two and a half points.
1: Two and a half. Right. How about you, Dane? I mean, we know how Tom feels about Iowa. He's been very, very clear on his feelings for Iowa all season. (laughs) He certainly has. He certainly has. And and
3: you know, back when he made his feelings clear on Iowa, I think he was right on target the way they were playing.
1: As I recall, I warned him off on that a couple of times where Iowa actually covered the spread. And he didn't listen then. Maybe he'll listen this time. We'll see.
2: (laughs) Is Petros the worst Conference five quarterback you've ever seen? Power five quarterback you've ever seen?
1: I do know. Graham no, Merch is pretty close. There's a few. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a few. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm going I'm to stick with the Big Ten. I'm, it's, you know, that's what I'm doing. I can't go away from that. There's one game I probably won't stick with the Big Ten. But anyway, I'm going with Iowa. Okay. Well, that's a real tip to the next
1: one, but okay. So they (laughs) take an Iowa minus the 2.5. You know, I'm with Tom. I would love to pick Iowa in this game, but I think if there's a gift from the gods during bowl season, this is it. I think Kentucky is a much better team than Iowa. And I'm going Iowa plus the two and a half points in this game. I don't care where they play it. And I, I agree with Tom too. I think this game could be, 10-7, 13-6, 10-7, 13-6, something like that. I just don't really see a lot of points being scored here. And, you know, I, I think Kurt Ferriss would punt on third down if he thought he could get away with it. So I like Kentucky in this game.
2: He's the best player in the game, by the way. Their punter is the best player in that oh, game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: he
2: is. He uh, is. Iowa's punter.
1: Yeah. Iowa's
3: punter,
1: yes. Yeah. yeah, the Big Ten's got an amazing number of great punters this year. State's got a great punter. You know, Michigan's got a great punter. That's amazing how many great punters are in the Big Ten this year. Crazy. Okay, so last of these uh, bowl games that we're going to pick here is a big one. It's a CFP game in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl that features the Georgia Bulldogs, who are six-and-a-half-point favorites over our Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, Dane. They're your
3: Ohio State Buckeyes? They're the Big
1: Ten's Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I know they're near and dear to your heart too, Blue Dane. I know
3: that they are. they are. you know, I you know, I know they've got new life breathed into them because they uh, 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 back their way into the playoffs. <laughs> but I think Georgia is at least as good as Michigan, and Michigan, you know, sort of beat up on Ohio. so i'm I'm taking Georgia all the way on this one. I think it's I don't think it's going to be that close. Ohio State will keep it close in the first half. Georgia's going to pull away the second.
1: Yeah, I kind of suspected that's what you were going to say. Not surprising. Tom, as a more objective viewer, how would you take this game?
2: This is the easiest pick on the board. It's the easiest pick I've seen in college football in years. This is a landslide. Georgia is going to demolish this team. Absolutely demolish this team.
1: Is this This a a bet-the-house play? Is that what you're saying?
2: You're talking about uh, a team that's A-caliber against a team that's a C-caliber team. This is the worst college football matchup I've seen in years. Georgia is going to demolish this team.
1: Wow. Tell us how how you really feel.
2: Looking at some of these lines, I'm surprised. You have Oregon favored by 14, and you have Georgia only favored by 6.5. I.
3: I think they're giving a lot of credit to Ohio State for just from because they're Ohio. I agree. With you.
2: I've said all year long, everybody's playing for second place. I mean, no offense, but Georgia, to me, is every bit as good as they were last year. They have something to prove against this Ohio State team.
1: Wow. Crazy. Okay.
3: So um, with that said, Randy, you're going with Ohio?
1: No, I am not going with Ohio State. I'm taking Georgia. I think Georgia's going to win the game by two touchdowns plus two. I look at Georgia being kind of the same deal as Michigan versus Ohio State. You're talking about a tough, you know, punch you in the mouth kind of team versus a finesse team. Now, the the only saving grace really for Ohio State is this game's going to be played in perfect conditions indoor where they can show off their team speed. But Georgia's a very talented and fast team as well. I don't see Ohio State hanging with them. And here's the thing, too, as a Michigan guy who has beaten Ohio state in both of our last two meetings and beat them this year in the game. I don't want to have to play them again for the championship game. I really don't not, not necessarily because I think they can beat us. Maybe they can, maybe they can't, but I want revenge on Georgia for last year. So I'll be rooting for Georgia in this football.
3: game.
1: Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: They don't match up anywhere with them. When you talk about speed, Georgia has a tight end. That can go 80 yards on an end around. I mean, they, they, they've got a, just an incredible team.
1: Yeah, their uh, tight end is a is a stud. Uh, Bowerman. isn't that his name?
2: Brock Bowers and, Brock and Bowers. McConkey's that's kid. It, I think yeah. it's McConkey's kid. That's the receiver, Phil McConkey from the old Giants. And you've got a returning champion quarterback, and then a defense that's just phenomenal.
1: And you factor in too that Stetson Bennett's 25 years old. I mean. He'd be an old man in the NFL, but here he is playing college <laughs> ball. So, yeah, they, they should win with a 25-year-old quarterback. That's all I can say. Okay. Anyway, so that's the bowl games. I think we got our picks. Well, we'll Dane, you got those all covered, right? Marked down, and you're going to be able to recite them.
2: You're welcome, Bob.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, etching them in stone right now. Okay, good. Get them out of the way there. Okay. So let's segue to the Michigan TCU the VRBO Fiesta Bowl game where Michigan's a seven and a half point favorite. I get the feeling that Tom doesn't feel the same way about our seven and a half as he did Georgia's six and a half. So let's talk a little bit about Michigan versus TCU. And maybe Tom, as an outsider here, outside the Big Ten is what I mean, to kind of tell us what your take on this game is.
2: Uh, This is an interesting game. So I watched a lot of TCU this year. And because their quarterback went to the, the Heisman imitation at the end of the year, everybody thinks that they're really a passing first team, but they're actually a running team. They actually have, a, you know, they've got a 1,400-yard rusher. They've got a couple of 500-yard rushers or close to that. Their big play receiver, Johnson, he reminds me a lot of what the Cowboys used to do with Michael Irvin. Wait till it's like third line. He's your go-to guy or your over-the-top guy. He's not going to get you your 12 or 15 catches. He's your big play guy in important situations. Dugan, they played a lot of close games and had to come from behind. I don't think they can do that against Michigan. I think they have to get out in front of Michigan and not allow Michigan to beat the crap out of them on the offensive line. I think this would be an easier pick if Corum was playing. Without Corum, seven and a half is a big line. This is one that I would say is, is a very good line, and it's, it's a tough one. I like Michigan's offensive line and defensive line in Michigan to win the game. I don't know about that seven and a half because they could be up by 13 or 14 and Dugan will take them down the field and get a late score. So if they're down 17 or 14, he could take them down the field and get a late score. But I I expect Michigan to play in front in this game because TCU's defense, while it's a, it's a decent defense, it's probably not as good as Penn state's defense. It's not as good as Iowa's defense and Michigan did good against both of those defenses. Yeah, You know, again, the seven and a half points would scare me, but I expect Michigan to win the game and play from in front.
1: Yeah. So TCU quarterback Max Duggan has a 65% completion rate, 20 touchdowns, to four interceptions on the season. And his main target, as you mentioned, is Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver who catches twice as many balls as the number two receiver on the team. So obviously he's got a very favorite target. And you're right. I mean, the running back Miller for TCU ran for, what, 1,350 yards this year or something? I mean, it was a big number.
2: Yeah, the quarterback and then the backup running back each had about 450. So you're looking at 2,200 yards rushing, which is significant.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I worry about Michigan on offense as much as you do. I mean, their offensive line just won the Joe Moore Award for the second year in a row. They still have Edwards back there at the running back position. And they just got four weeks essentially to work on the number two back to get him some reps and get kind of get him up to speed. And I think CJ Stokes and they use Mullins in the Ohio State game with a lot of success. I think they're going to be okay running the football. The question really will be on defense for TCU are they going to try to do what Illinois and Ohio State did, which is go to a zero cover? defense bring up their safeties in corners right up to the line of scrimmage and try to challenge Michigan that way. I mean, how do you see that part playing out, Dane?
3: I see this game playing out just like, you know, last few games. I believe TCU is going to put up over 400 yards, just like Ohio State did. They're going to put up a lot of yards. Purdue You know they put up over 400 yards on us. It was that bend don't break, and I see the same thing happening this time. It'll be a slow start in the first half. (laughs) I mean the script's been written already, right? Slow start in the first half for Michigan. The defense will play okay, but they'll give up a lot of yards. Hopefully, hold them to field goals, not touchdowns, and then the offense will come alive in the second half, and we're going to see some big runs by Edwards. The only difference in what's been scripted in the past is I think Duggan. I think he's a really good running quarterback. I think he's actually better than CJ. So I, I see if we don't have somebody on him, it's somebody to contain him, just running for those first downs to extend you know, a series could hurt us really bad. So other than that, I, I do see Michigan winning, but he does bother me a little bit.
1: Yeah. You know, here's the thing is that I think Michigan wants Duggan to run at least early in the game, because I mean, if you look at the two quarterbacks, I mean, it doesn't matter which side of the ball you're looking at. I mean, whether it's TCU or Michigan, neither one of those teams can afford any injuries that are starting quarterback. They're not yeah. deep in the quarterback rooms, either one of them. You know, I think Michigan would like to see Duggan run a little bit early on, but he's a tough kid. I mean, he showed oh, yeah. his toughness dude. in the second half of the season. He, you know, he runs, he runs with toughness. So I mean, we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, let's turn it around. I think, I think we both agree that if Michigan's going to have to stop Duggan from running and Quentin Johnson from catching the 50-50 balls in the secondary. You agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, how about you, Tom? How do, how do you feel about that passing game? Like, what, what does Michigan defense have to stop in order to stop TCU? The running back.
2: They have to stop running that running back? back. Yeah. Yeah, because that opens everything. That opens up play action. That opens up the ability for the quarterback to get outside. I mean, if you stop that running back and you shut him down, listen, he's good. That receiver is good. But if you watch enough of their games, there were games where they went into the fourth quarter and they only had 13 points, 17 points. They didn't jump out on people and score 45, 50 points. He literally had some like what I would call them Tom Brady moments where he'd get the ball back with. A minute and a half to go and somehow get them down the field and kick a field goal to win it or or drive for the touchdown. They had a lot of close games and and a lot of come from behinds, but a lot of that you would see that running back getting the ball when you thought they were going to throw the ball, he'd get 10, 15 yard chunks and help that. I think if they focus on shutting down that running back and they give up a couple big plays to Johnson, and that's all they do. I don't expect TCU to be able to stop Michigan's offense to line. And I don't know that TCU is going to score 30, 35 against Michigan. So if you shut down that running back and you hold them to 17 points, I think it's a good matchup for Michigan. They'll be able to play the way they want to. Where TCU is Big 12 football, where they want to spread everybody out all across the field. To me, it's a finesse team versus a big strong team. Old school Big 10 versus a wide out team. So going into the game, Michigan's going to say, let's stop that running back.
1: Yeah. Let's flip around and talk about the other side of the ball. Let's talk about Michigan's offense against TCU's defense. How do you think, Dane, that Michigan's going to attack TCU? And how do you think TCU is going to try to defend Michigan?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the running game. Right? That's what got them here. Uh, so they're going to continue to run the ball. They've proven that they can you know, wear down defenses after a while or they can take advantage of a defense that maybe loads the box a little too much. And we saw that. And they, they can come out with some plays. And I think they're going to continue to run the ball, but take advantage. Loveland, I think that tight end, he's going to continue to make the plays for first downs, maybe even, you know, maybe in a touchdown. And then I do look for our receivers to, uh, to come alive this game. TCU, I think if they're going to load the box, they've got to be careful, right? I think they can stop the run on a number of plays, uh, if they, certainly if they load the box, which I think for us it might be better to maybe go outside a little more than just running up the middle. But we'll probably still be going up the middle is the way yeah. I see it.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of schools of thought, right? Jim Knowles, the Ohio State defensive coordinator, came out of the, the Big 12, and I know Michigan was excited to go up against him because they called it, you know, the Big 10 versus the Big 12 defense, which – we thought would play heavily into to Michigan's strengths. And it turned out that it did, but Knowles did kind of surprise us in the first half of that game by loading the box. And he was pretty, he was relatively effective in shutting down Michigan's running game for, you know, yeah. a quarter and a half of that game getting going before Michigan started hitting on some of the bigger plays. Now with well, a question, I think TCU has to ask itself in the coaching room is one, do we want to take a page out of Jim Knowles book and, come up here and challenge these guys in the line of scrimmage and dare them to beat us deep like they did Ohio State? Or do we sit back and make them grind it out and keep the game a little lower scoring, take away the big plays? I mean, how do you feel they're going to do that? Dane?
3: Well, you're right. They could take a page out of, the, of this playbook and do that. I, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. I mean, I, I really you know, watched TCU a few times, especially watched them against Kansas State there. It'll be interesting what they come out with. I'm not sure what they'll come out with because they've had to watch film. They had to watch when other teams loaded the box and it broke down, right? We were able to take advantage of that. So maybe there might be some, you know, modification where they they look like they're going to load the box, but they drop back. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with.
1: Yeah. I mean, Tom, you've watched this TCU team. What's their pass rush like?
3: Listen, they give up points. They
2: give up points, but I thought it was more against teams that were wide open more wide open of an offense that spread the field, big 12 football. I think the loss of quorum is going to be big in this game because I think it does become easier to pack the box and say, uh, okay, now, now throw a perfect pass to beat us. So I I, I'm interested to see what Dykes does for TCU.
1: So you think, Uh, you think TCU is going to load the box?
2: I do. I think they're going to say, you know what, if you can beat us throwing the ball, go for
3: it.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know, they play a three-three-five defense, right? That's what they played yeah. all year. If we sit back in a three-three-five, Michigan's just going to run the ball all over. We may never get like, the ball yeah. back, right? The only thing that's yeah. going to stop their running backs is going to be the goal line. So in order to challenge them, we're going to have to come up and we're going to have to do a lot of run blitzes. We're going to have to bring our safeties up the line of scrimmage. We're going to have to take some chances on the back half and dare their first-year starting quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, to uh, beat us. So, yeah, I, I see that happening, too. and. You know, that's why I wonder about the pass rush. I feel like if TCU can get to McCarthy with the blitzes early on, they might be able to rattle him and slow down the Michigan offense. But if they don't get to him, it could be Katie by the door by the end of the third quarter. I mean, this game could be over at the end of three. I mean, that's kind of how I see it playing. I, I think the game's going to come down to really a couple things, in my opinion. One, can Michigan pressure Max, keep him in the pocket, and stop the 50-50 balls to Johnson. If they do that, I feel like they'll be successful. I feel like for TCU to be successful, they're going to have to stack the box and still be able to control the back half of the secondary and get some pressure on J.J. as well. So in my opinion, that's going to be the game plan for both defenses.
2: I think it'll be easy to say that whichever running back has the most yards, that team is going to win this game.
1: Well, you're taking away my three keys for the game because that's one of them. Oh, is Wh- that one of them? Is that yeah. one of them? Whoever oh, wins sorry. the rushing battle, right? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad we agree. And then we can talk about the keys to the game right now. I think, what else? You got any other keys to the game?
2: I think both teams' receivers are going to make their plays. And this is why the edge goes to Michigan. Listen, Michigan has a good defensive line. Their, their defensive line is better than TCU's defensive line. So I, I, again, we, if, if I'm both coaches... I think they're going to go into the game and say, let's stop the other team's running back. Let's just stop them. I think the Michigan has the edge there.
1: Yeah, okay. Dane, you got any keys for the game?
3: I was just thinking about that. I think keys to the game would be, the one I can think of is, who scrambles better, Duggan or McCarthy? So when they get into trouble, can they scramble? Can they get the yards or not? Can they make the play? when they're scrambling. So I think, yeah, quarterback play is going to be key.
2: Are you taking TCU? Me? Yeah. <laughs> with that analogy, with that analogy, you hey. got a real D- Duggan is a
3: better D- scrambler than Dane. Than, don't than give McCarthy. him your prediction. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Have you seen J.J. McCarthy scramble a few times? Yeah. I mean, uh, he can get out of trouble. I'm, what I'm saying is the key to the game is who can scramble better. Maybe Duggan has done better in the past, but – we'll
1: see in this game yeah well against these defenses too right so my three keys to the game really are for Michigan no turnovers they haven't turned the ball over in the last four games so that's huge or they've won the turnover battle in the last four games anyway I think containing Johnson on the outside I think it's going to be a big key for them Michigan has this propensity for giving up long 50-50 balls in big games and that just can't happen in this game they, their safety Moten and more have to get over there and help those corners and make sure that those guys aren't catching balls up the sideline. That's an absolute. And then to agree with Tom, I think whoever wins the running battle, Tom says TCU is a running team. I think we all know Michigan's a running team. Whichever team runs the ball best probably will have a very good chance of winning this game. Let's go with score predictions. Mine is Michigan 42. I got TCU at 27. I think it's a race to 30 points. First team to 30 wins the football game. What do you got, Tom?
2: I think he just changed my mind. Which part? Well, <laughs> the, the scrambling quarterbacks, because
1: yeah, Duggan, good, might be, Dug, Dug, yeah. well,
2: Duggan might be the best running quarterback in football this year. Agreed. No, I, I'm going to stick with 31-27 Michigan. I think they win a close game. Okay. I think, but I think it'll be a 10-point game late, and I think, it will be a, I think it'll be a backdoor line.
1: So you're taking TCU plus the seven and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm taking TCU plus the seven and a half, thinking yeah. that they backdoor this line.
1: Okay. Yep.
3: How about you, Dane? Well, it's funny. I wrote this down before you ever said anything, JV, but I have 4228. Yeah, I'm sure you didn't, but
1: that's okay.
0: Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: Okay. Hey, so that's going to be a terrific game this week. I'm Unfortunately, we're not going to have another podcast before the game. So we'll be talking about the game after in our, in our next segment. And also in our next segment, we're going to be doing a talk about National Signing Day because we could do a whole segment on National Signing Day, which is tomorrow. And there's a lot for Michigan and Michigan State to be happy about. So we'll be talking about that in our next podcast. Uh, for now, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor, Sport Hitters for their support.
0: So what's it like playing Sport Hitters? Whether you're at your favorite bar or just anywhere. Sport Hitters unique challenge brackets offers players a new way to play. Sport Hitters allows you to pick your teams and challenge friends, family, and rival players all for real money. And best of all, now it's every sport, every day. You can get the app exclusively at sporthitters.com. Sport hitters challenge on.
1: So uh, we're back. We're lucky to have Tom here with us to talk about Sport Hitters. Uh, sport Hitters has been a great sponsor for our show, and uh, it's a terrific app. I don't know how many of you are playing it. We should have a segment dedicated to Sport Hitters because it's such a, a cool piece of technology, and also it's something that you know that we do all the time. Tom, maybe this would be a good opportunity to take a couple of minutes, maybe to tell us a little about what's going on in Sport Hitters these days.
2: Yeah. So we're growing and evolving. You know, we're sitting here talking about a lot of college sports because how much we love college sports. Interesting enough, sport haters got involved with wrestling, the WWE and all these new things. And we just uh, signed up to do a um, pretty big charity event on December 30th for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So we have a big deal coming up on Friday the 30th. I think that's the day before the big playoffs go, but things are moving forward and um, just everybody's having a lot of fun playing all the challenges, you just mentioned some stuff. And as you know, we also love to get involved with college basketball, with college basketball season around the corner. You know, maybe we'll see some stuff in there for um, some Michigan games um, and custom events inside the app for Michigan. I know that we did something like that in the past and uh, had a pretty good turnout. So a lot of new things that we keep coming up with in Sporters.
1: Sport Hitters. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, happy to be part of the Sport Hitters family and uh, really enjoying our time on the app. We got about five minutes left in the show, so let's talk about the Detroit Lions win over the Jets real quick. I know, Dane, you were probably swearing at the TV the way I was when our coach, Campbell, decided he was going to try a 50-something yard field goal late in the game with a lead, (laughs) giving the Jets prime field position to go down and win the game, which they almost did, but they did go down and score. Luckily, Detroit was able to score again to come back in with a 2017 win, and a big win for them because they are now officially in the playoff hunt. They've won six of the last seven games. They stand seven and seven. We were talking a little bit before we went on air today about what it takes for them to reach the playoffs. I mean, what, what was your thoughts about the game when you were watching it?
3: You know, all, all season, I guess, with our wins, you know, I was always waiting for the air to come out of the balloon. You know, because that's the way the Lions have always played, right, in other seasons. Oh, hey, they may be winning, but somehow they're going to lose this game. And they're going to lose it in a really bad way. And uh, they held on. Yeah, I wasn't happy with that decision to kick the field goal there. Not at all. But they still, they were able to hang on. They were able to win. I can't fault them at all, winning six out of their last, what, seven games, right? I mean, they're seven and seven. Beginning of the season, I thought if they won six games, they'd be really lucky. Now they're at seven. Goff, I didn't think Goff was anything of a quarterback. I thought we're going right down the tubes with him. I tell you what, he has really played well this year. Better than Matthew Stafford. (laughs) Yeah, same Brown. I mean, you know, a receiver, he is clutch. He's there. He makes the catch. He's got some good, you know, yards after the catch. And and actually, our running game's okay. I mean, Williams and... I really like Jamal Williams, I will say. Yeah, that. Jamal yeah. Williams, is, is he's tough. I mean, he's a tough runner. So, you know, I'm very encouraged with the Lions. Uh, I have to say that. Pretty amazing they their seven; and, They were so damn happy in their seven and seven.
1: Right, right. Tom, are the Lions a playoff team?
2: Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, listen, if you've won six out of seven coming down the stretch, it means you're playing good football at the right time of the season. Uh, and it's a good time to be very confident. So uh, playing good is usually, you know, usually breeds confidence. So I would say, if I'm looking at the schedule that you've laid out here at the Panthers, home against the Bears, home against the Packers, to be honest with you, all three of those games are winnable for an average team, and right now they're playing above average. Right. I obviously don't know a lot about them. You guys mentioned Jamal Williams. I was going to ask you about DeAndre Swift, since you know that's the big name that I know there. What's he been like this year for? Well, him? Any, he's, he's
1: their starting running back, and he's played well in stretches. The problem is, is he drops too many passes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many passes he's dropped this season, but it's been a, too many. But he is a solid running back. I don't know when this happened in the NFL, but somewhere along the line, NFL running backs became a dime a dozen. I don't, there aren't that many great ones. You know, I mean, Saquon Barkley, maybe. Cook was great this week. You know, Christian McCaffrey's been great for a long time. But there aren't that many out there that you just say are the difference makers. The difference makers are really quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends in the league now. So, But I would say he's, he's played okay.
2: Who's the GM that allowed this? So you guys had Galladay. Or how, is that his name, Galladay, that Kenny, went to the Kenny Giants? Kenny Galladay, yeah. That looks like a pretty good move right now for you guys, right? Freeing up a lot of money because either he just got cut or he's on the bench, right, for the Giants? Yeah, not yeah. having a good season? Yeah, the Lion
1: organization's really had a good 18 months. And i this is where I get older. I forget the name of the GM. But, yeah, they've had a, a pretty good 18-month stretch here. And they're going to get yeah. a, another, possibly another good draft because they've got the Rams' first-round draft pick this year, too, in addition to their own. So they're going to have at least two oh, wow. picks in the first round again. And they need defensive players. I mean, let's be honest. Their offense yeah. is gangbusters. But their the defense... Secondary. Mm-hmm. They, need, they need some secondary players. They need, a, they need a, another pass rusher to go along with Aiden Hutchinson. But what you do see is you see growth. And I think as a Lions fan, that's what we're all looking for. We want to see the team grow. So there's that. So let me ask you guys this question. What is the magic number, do you think, to make the playoffs? Is it nine wins? Is it 10? I mean, which is it?
2: I mean, I think nine definitely gets you in.
1: So do we only have um, to win two of the next three games in that scenario?
3: Well, probably. if that's true, then yeah, the, the math adds
1: up. <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. I just wonder if nine gets I, – I, I think – I already kind of feel like they have to win all three.
2: Oh, looking it, at the schedule, I think if a team is that hot – if they won six out of seven, and they get to play the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers, and the last two are at home.
3: No, the Packers are away.
2: Oh, the oh. Packers are away?
3: Yeah. Oh, they so are away? Then I figured yeah. that up. Okay.
1: Yeah, two yeah, okay. away and one home. Yeah, week, Bears, oh, okay. That's my bad. Yeah, okay.
2: That might actually come down to that last game of the season, a do or die to make the playoffs. And I think that would be good for your fans, right?
1: Oh, we. Why does it have to be Aaron Rodgers? Because we hate <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I used
3: to worry about the Lions when they, you know, we always figured, well, they have a chance when they're playing at home, but when they're away, forget it. And yeah. you know what? This year is different. I mean, they're four and four at home, three and three away. So they have actually have a chance at away games like we saw against the Jets. So You know, they're at at Panthers. Panthers aren't doing well this year. Uh, You know, they should be able to win that one away. Bears are not doing well at all. And uh, that's home. So that should be a win. And you're right, the Packers. Now, Packers away, we don't play well in that lousy stadium, especially against Rodgers. But we beat them earlier in the year, so.
2: Yes, but that game, the Packers might already be out. You might be looking at only a first half out of Rodgers to say goodbye to the Green Bay fans and the second half with their backup quarterback. Well, well I, that I be- see
1: that, too. I see yeah. Rodgers maybe Green taking Bay. a pass on that game.
2: Yeah. So, again, I'm looking at the schedule, stand. You guys got a pretty good schedule for a team. It's pretty confident.
1: Yeah. Although
3: I remember a backup quarterback for Green Bay coming in and just beating our ass one year. Who was that? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I
1: I don't remember who it was either. I blocked that from my memory bank. It was ugly. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's it for this week's show, guys. Hey, I want to thank you both for uh, participating. Dane, as usual, on our usual team. And Tom, for guesting today and stepping in for Bob Danielli, who's in Las Vegas, Nevada, losing all his money this week. Well, oh, he's
2: going to win it all back. As long as he listens to this podcast, he'll win it all back. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. You heard it, Bob. Don't take Iowa and... Take Clemson, right? And Georgia. There you yeah. go.
2: Okay. All right, guys. Thank hey, you for having me.
1: You're welcome, Tom. Hey, we want to remind our audience that we will be doing a Michigan MSU recruiting special in a couple of weeks. Now, the college football season is kind of wrapping up. We're going to be going to every two weeks for the podcast going forward. To all our loyal listeners, I just want to say thank you. You guys rock. And please, everybody have a Merry Christmas. Our podcast is part of the Junko Bodhi Productions, and exclusive production of the Junko Bodhi Network. Until next week, rock on Detroit.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lowdown on Motown Sports podcast. If you're liking what you're hearing, then why don't you do us a solid and hit that follow button and share our podcast with fellow friends who love Motown sports. That helps others find the show. And, you know, we're pretty awesome, so why not share the awesomeness? We appreciate it. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Lowdown on Motown Sports Podcast.